ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Thanks for joining us again on the No Higher Calling podcast. This is part two, coming back uh, with the topic that Simeon was on joining uh, with me last time, talking about dads and homeschooling. Simeon, thanks for being back. It's good to be back. So uh, we said last time, but um, really our, our heart for the home and our passion for helping parents um past truth to the next generation is growing um, as we continue to pursue God's calling through this ministry of No Higher Calling. Um, so some people had given us the idea that Simeon joined me periodically for episodes on the podcast, um, specifically uh, leading the podcast a little bit more, taking uh, charge in the conversation, and so that they can pull their husbands on. So it's not like a ladies podcast. Um but that it is more of a little bit of a parenting style podcast. So that's what this episode is. That's what last episode was. Um, more focused on parenting husband and wife as a team, as opposed to just being a very lady specific podcast. So hopefully you'll enjoy these and find these helpful. But last time, well, okay. So all that to say, if you need to go grab your husband or pause this till you can grab your husband, now is a good time. Um, but Last time we talked about dads and homeschooling, but it was definitely more um, dads in the home, the dad's role in the home, the foundation, laying the spiritual foundation. In this episode, we're going to get super practical about dads and homeschooling, how dads can get involved in in the learning culture of the home. Yeah, so um, this one's going to be much more kind of tips and tricks kind of things. Um, so hopefully it won't be near as long as the last one. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, I would say go back um, and listen to that one because I can only recap so much of a 50-minute episode <laughs> um, in a few sentences. But I really tried to capture the heart of what dad is supposed to be um, in the home and his roles in the home, especially uh, hammered down hard on the spiritual aspects of what dad is supposed to be as a spiritual leader in the home. Um, but we can kind of recap some of those things. We went through Deuteronomy chapter number six, the first um, 20 or so verses, speaking of dad's uh, role as the leader in teaching spiritual things and then building a theology from which all of all other education has to stem. Um, so that baseline theology is not necessarily mom's job, although we're grateful for women who've done that um, for their children in the absence of dad. Um, but it's dad's responsibility to set an example and also to teach the children those truths. And so we're going to talk some, some practical ways that dad can be involved in education, both spiritually and, um, in the, their, their schooling. All right. So the first one is leading the family in worship. Uh, we have every morning, you typically in the morning, every once in a while, we have to do it at lunch or for dinner or something, if something doesn't work out, but we try to do every morning at breakfast, um, a family worship time in which I read a short portion of scripture. We kind of chit chat about what that scripture is about and what the key themes of that are. Um, I don't pre-prepare that. That's very much kind of ad lib. Um, but if you need to feel like you need to pre-prepare that, that's fine too. And I have plenty of pastor friends who do that. Um, but it is very important that dad 
and kids have time in the Bible at least once every day. That doesn't mean we're going to spend 45 minutes having a big, long discussion. It's literally 10 to 15 minutes. Sometimes it goes long. Sometimes it goes even shorter. Um, it just depends. But sometimes the kids start asking really good questions, and then it goes a little bit longer. I understand everybody's schedules are different, too. Maybe you can't do breakfast because the kids leave the house or at 7 o'clock in the morning, or you do. Um, but that's how it works for our family. Regardless, you need to have some kind of schedule that works for your family in which you are spending time in the Bible with your kids every day. Maybe that's right before bed for you, um, but that's incredibly important because that is showing your children in a very real and practical way the importance of the scriptures in your life and in their life. Uh, it was really helpful for us, you know, in the the habit world, there's the term habit stacking. If you're trying to implement a new habit, stack it with an established habit, connect it. Um, and as we were trying to get this started, you know, for a long time, we tried to do it in the evenings and inevitably, um, it just, there was one reason after another why evenings did not work. So we were like, okay, for us, for our family, for our schedule, we're going to switch it to the mornings. A habit that we already had, we love breakfast. The Brazel family loves breakfast. I mean, we also know that Simeon and I tend to eat quicker than our children. And so while they're munching on their breakfast, finishing up, it was a good opportunity. We were all at the table. They were still, they were quiet because they're finishing their muffins. And so Simeon would have the opportunity um, to lead our family in that worship. We read. We read the Bible, we pray together, and we sing. That's It's as simple as that. Now, you can beef that up as much as you want to or scale it down as much as you need to based on your family and what the time allows for the day. Um, but it really helped us to connect that breakfast time with our family worship time to to create a, to establish that into our family rhythm of the day. Yeah, and we could spend a lot more time on that, but we won't for sake of time. Um, but that is incredibly important. Men, you have to spend time in your Bible personally, um, but you also have to spend time in your Bible with your family or all around. I would suggest not using a phone or something. Use a big, black, obvious Bible um, so that everyone knows this is the Bible and this is something that we're going to do together as a family. I will link down in the show notes um, an episode that I did on family worship. Um, if this is something that you just need more insight on, there's another, there's a book and much, much of what I got from, uh, or what much of what I said in that episode came from this book, Family Worship by, I believe it's Donald Whitney. Um, fabulous book. I could not recommend it more on establishing family worship in the home. Again, father-led family worship, um, but a uh, great resource. All right. So the second thing is praying with your wife and kids <clears throat> regarding their school, but also obviously regarding everything else. Um, we should bring everything before the Lord in prayer. Um, but when you pray as a family, especially if you're going to do it during that family worship time, um, it's a good idea to mention the schooling. Since we're talking about schooling, um, I try almost every school day if I remember to do that. Um, one of the things that I pray for before we close, I usually close in prayer, um, but one of the things that we try to pray for is that the kids will have a good day at school, or that they will learn something, or I try to say something to that effect, because I want them to know that dad's invested in their learning. Um, and we'll get to some more things that kind of lean that direction in a little bit, but pray for their schooling. And then also, you need to be speaking and in touch with your wife or with their school teachers or whoever it is that's taking care of that for us, um, homeschooling, that's Brittany. So you need to be speaking to whoever it is that's dealing with the schooling, probably your wife, and find out what's going on. Where are they 
succeeding? Where are they needing some help? Um, in what ways can you help? Um, but all of those things will help you to be able to pray because, um, you know, the Lord can help them to learn in ways. The Lord can also equip the people teaching them um, to help them to learn the way that they learn. And so um, just praying for the schooling situations in general, it's always a good idea to pray. Um, next, discuss with your wife what your education goals are. And this obviously has to align with your family values. On the last episode, we spent a lot of time talking about our family's educational values. We want to base their education starting with their spiritual education, their understanding of the scriptures, and base everything on top of that. That's our family's value. They start with the Bible, and everything else is a branch of that for the purpose that they can worship God with whatever it is that He has for their lives. We want to be able to prepare them for whatever God wants them to do, but they can't do it for God if they don't have that baseline foundation. So that's our family values. You got to discuss what your values are, what's important to you. Um, and you have to understand that. You and your wife both have to understand that. So you have to have those conversations. This was so helpful for me as the homeschooling wife, as the homeschooling mom. I mean, because if you've been in the homeschooling world long, there is a feast of resources, good resources. I mean, there's resources from the spectrum of, you know, everything, but good biblical resources, there are so many to choose from, and that can feel very daunting, I mean, especially for whoever is making those choices of what do we buy, how much do we buy, what choices do we make, what curriculum do we use, and most of that falls to the wife. Um, so narrowing that down for our family, I mean, I've, I'll, I'll link another in the show notes, another episode I did, goodness, a year or more ago on choosing homeschooling curriculum. Um, but something that has really helped me is like Simeon said, first of all, him and I together discussing our educational goals and values and what we desire for our children to get out of their education. And um, we talked about that in the last episode, I'm um, sharing from Clay Clarkson that the, the goal of home education is to raise spiritually mature children who have both the will and the skill to learn and the desire and ability to keep learning. Having, uh, an, an educational goal, having a plan, having that, you know, believing forward into the lives of your kids. We talked about that uh, last time as well. Looking forward, what do we want our kids uh, to leave home with? That helps me narrow my focus onto what is important to our home, to our values, to our, our spiritual foundation, and to our family culture. Then beyond that, um, I research homeschool curriculum for fun. Like I enjoy that. That's not necessarily something that Simeon does for a hobby. Nope. <laughs> but having that value, having those discussions, this is what together we are looking for. And it is important, husband, to be involved in that part of the process. Because again, it takes the co-laboring of the husband and the wife, the mom and the dad to achieve the long-term goals of education. Um, but then beyond that, I have freedom. I mean, I know what the budget is. Not that I would stick to it, but... <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I know um, what the goal is. 
And then I have the freedom to pick from there. Now I will come to him with, okay, you know, I'm looking at this or I'm looking at that. Do you have input? But for the most part, I make the choice there. But I also know that he is praying that we are seeking the Lord um, in, in the rearing of our children, in the spiritual training, in the education. Um, and, and those things in and of themselves really help narrow my focus um, and give me a, a goal to, to, to shoot for and insight into what to look for. And that is very helpful to me as the homeschooling wife. Yeah. And I think like she, she does 99% of all of that. Um, but she does come to me and run things by me. And almost all of the time, my answer is, yeah, that sounds good. Um, but on occasion I have some kind of input or I can spur something or a thought, or I can remind her of a conversation that we had months ago. Um, and sometimes that helps. So it, just being involved, but you have to start by setting what those goals are. Um, and if she doesn't know what those goals are, not that you're setting them, but if you haven't had that conversation together, neither one of you knows what the goals are. It's a whole lot harder to come up with what needs to happen in your home if you don't even know what your goals are. So you have to start there. You have to know what kind of education you're even looking for before you can get a proper one. Um, one other thing that I'll say here too is obviously if our goal is to raise spiritually mature individuals, um, much of the education curriculum choices plays into that. I know that I'm going to want to pick um, curriculum and, and books and resources that help us on the path towards our goal. Um, now that doesn't mean that you're going to have, you're going to find a curriculum that just crosses every T and dots every I of, of what you believe. Um, because more than likely it's probably not out there unless you just want to write it yourselves. I mean, for example, we use a homeschooling curriculum. Uh, I've shared it pretty publicly on social media. We are currently using Gather Around Homeschool and I love Gather Around Homeschool. I would highly recommend it. It is not a KJV resource. Um, so this is an example of a conversation I would bring to Simeon. Like, okay, it, it, it champions our values. It has the same goals that we have in mind. Um, it is a Christian curriculum and it promotes the worldview that we desire for our children to have. But in this one area, it does not use the same Bible version. So we talked through that. He gave input into that specific thing that I was kind of like, is this a make or break thing? Now we've chosen for our family um, that it wasn't a, a, a deal breaker. That we were just going to choose when that comes up. We use our own Bibles and our own versions. And I was talking to another mom about this. And I loved her input. She said she actually enjoyed it more. Because instead of reading the verses off the worksheets or off the curriculum, she had her Bible out with her. So it's curriculum beside Bible. And they were using both. And, and I loved that. Um, but again, you might make a different choice there. But all of that to say, he is involved in, in this decision making. And there are points where I would bring it to him. Or, you know, we had... There was one curriculum that um, we was brought into question with some of their doctrinal beliefs and um, some of their um, denomination stance. Um, so we had a conversation. We did some research. We looked into that, and he had input in that, which allowed us together to make the best decision for our family. All right. So um, the next thing is to support your wife and to encourage her. Um, I know that seems pretty simple, um, but... If you don't keep your marriage happy, it's, it's not, it's not going to look good for your family. The chances of you having a successful children 
you're going to have to have a successful marriage if you want to have successful children. You're going to have to have a successful home, a happy home, if you want to have happy and successful children. The children are the product of the home, right? So God said that he gave the wife and the husband, they were to be one flesh, and then he gave them the command to be fruitful and multiply, all right? The children are the product of the home. It's just the way God made it. But how, what kind of quality product do you want to produce in your home? <laughs> Is the question. Well, we talked last time about modeling. And if you want Christ-honoring children, you have to be Christ-honoring parents, uh, Christ-honoring individuals who are seeking to have a Christ-honoring marriage. You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to turn out perfect kids. But we can always be growing and always be um, striving towards Christ-likeness. And that is something that we model for our children. If you want your son to be a good husband and father, you need to be a good husband and father. If you want your husband to be a, you know, if you want to be a good wife and mother, or you want your daughter to be a good wife and mother, you need to be a good wife and mother. If you want your children to love learning, you have to love learning. And so educating your children is part of that. Um, But it starts with men, you're the leader of your home. If your home is not happy, it's your fault. So what are you going to do to change that? And that starts with you. So sometimes that's an uncomfortable conversation. Sometimes it comes down to dad comes home grumpy every day. And sometimes it comes down to uh, maybe you need to step in in the afternoons or in the evenings when you get home and let your wife take a 10-minute break. Whatever the case is, something might need to change in order to have a happier home, and it starts with you, dad. Um, The next thing, get interested in what the family is learning. Now, this is a lot easier for us um, because I'm home a lot more. So I kind of overhear the lessons sometimes while I'm working. Um, But pretty soon when we get this church plant thing rolling, I'm not going to be home as much, which means that I'm going to have to be purposeful about knowing what the kids are learning and getting into. Brittany's really good about telling me beforehand, um, and they're doing unit studies, so all the kids are learning the same thing. So we typically, in the evenings when I'm away, but even when I'm not away, Brittany does this on purpose, she'll have the kids start talking to me about what they're learning about today. Now, I have to confess, some days it's kind of like, oh, this is not interesting at all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And other days it's super interesting. Um, And sometimes I have something to input that perhaps wasn't covered in the lessons or things that I have learned myself. Um, But the point is, if you don't know what they're learning or you don't care, then they're not going to care. You lead the home. So, and the kids know that. So if you don't care, it's going to send them the signal, well, dad doesn't care, so it's obviously not important. You need to care, and you need to be involved. Um, And again, that works for us at dinner. It's the best time for that for us. It's amazing, too, how excited the kids get over the smallest amount of effort into putting yourself into their world. For example, we do use our family table, uh, specifically dinner time, to uh, to catch up on on learning and all of that. But so we do unit studies, which means Simeon knows if we're doing earth science and we're starting out, we're going to be on earth science for probably at least six weeks. Um, so even something as simple as him finding a fun fact about a volcano or some YouTube video that he found, or you know, even just the smallest things, um, but to see the kids light up and to get so excited that daddy is excited, and then to see the trickle-down effect in, in the day in, day out, if dad is excited about volcanoes and showed a really cool video about volcanoes or earthquakes or the, the layers of the earth, then the next day when we're studying about it, 
it was way cooler than it was the day before, before dad added that input. Um, so, you know, it doesn't have to be anything big or fancy. I mean, it can take you five seconds on Google to look up an, you know, a fact about whatever it is that your kids are learning. Um, but, but being involved in that and as the homeschooling mom too, um, it, it means a lot to me when Simeon, you know, maybe he doesn't know what we're learning. Maybe we're not on earth science. Maybe use a different type of curriculum. Um, so it changes more frequently, but it mean, it'll mean a lot to your wife to say, Hey, what are you guys learning about right now? And then if your wife sees you following up with that, with a quick little fact, it's just, just connecting all that together, taking that extra few seconds to show that this is important to me because you guys are important to me. And this aspect of, of learning and home is important to me. Um, that speaks volumes. And it's important when you have those conversations to make sure that that you're asking questions. And, well, I think, first of all, if you're asking questions, it shows your kids that you're actually listening to what they're talking about. Um, so following up, follow-up questions and things that they learned. Sometimes I'll ask a question because I know something about that particular topic that wasn't necessarily covered, and I didn't know that. So I'll ask a question, and then they'll look at me, and they'll look at mom and be like, I don't know. And then that gives me an opportunity to be like, well, okay, well, hang on, let's look it up and we'll look it up on Google and we'll chit chat about it and I'll show him a picture or whatever. Um, but the point is that dad's engaged and he's interested and asking questions also gives them the opportunity to consciously think about things that they're learning. It reinforces information that they learned during their school day by someone else asking the question a couple of hours later to see if they've really learned. And it helps mom to come back and go, okay, well, they didn't really get that as well as maybe they should have. We can re-hit that tomorrow or whatever. Um, it's another form of assessment, if you will. Um, but asking those those good questions all shows them also that you're engaged and interested in their schooling, not just how was school today? Good, great, okay. And that's that's not going to help them to be inspired to be interested in their schooling at all. Yeah, I mean, I, in, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm thinking, what is a good question? A good question is anything that requires more than a yes or no. Did you have a good day at school? Yes. Okay, conversation ended. That went nowhere. That's not a good question. Um, you want to ask something that gets a couple layers deep, that probes, that gets them thinking. Um, and, you know, the, the way our family is with the unit studies, you know, at first, what did you learn today? Well, I don't know. But as one kid answers one, then it's, you know, oh, all of a sudden Knox is triggered on something that he heard. And Ivy and it has this domino effect where now all of a sudden they're bubbling over with all these exciting things they had to learn. Um, and when questions, it's important to remember too that it doesn't just have to be retrospective. What did you learn today? Um, but if you are clued in to what they are learning or even ask your wife uh, before dinner, like, hey, what are you guys going to be learning about tomorrow? You can ask a question forward. So say, hey, you know, you're learning about earthquakes or whatever, and maybe they've just learned the basics, but then the next day they're going to learn about, um, you know, what the biggest earthquake was or, or countries that are frequent uh, frequented by earthquakes. So you could ask a question that they haven't yet learned but say, hey, tomorrow you're going to be learning about this. I want you to listen because I want you to tell me tomorrow at dinner the answer to this question. And then they're excited about listening closely to mom the next day during the lesson because they're trying to find that answer because they want to impress daddy with the answer to his question the day before. So questions can go either direction. Yeah. And um, in case you're you're doubting the importance of dad's asking questions and, and, and being involved. I saw something, this may even sound silly, 
Um, but I sent this article to my whole family the other day because it made me feel so validated. Um, but there was a Fox News article that came out that said that children whose dads tell bad jokes, you know, the dad jokes, right, which I am famous for, um, but children whose dads tell dad jokes were less likely to be uh, debilitated by awkwardness. So they could handle awkward situations, um, and they were able to navigate those awkward situations without shutting down or being embarrassed. Um, so the dad jokes actually help kids to deal with um, embarrassment or awkwardness uh, better than other kids. So just simple things like that. But dad being involved in the schooling, asking those good questions and um, being engaged with your kids is also going to aid your children in their development, not just socially, but in their education as well. Um, so dad, you're super important. And those regular dinner conversations are important to your children's development. All right, so next um, is read. Now, you, if you've listened to Brittany in any measure of time whatsoever, you know that she's in love with reading. I, for one, um, actually really struggle and struggled for a long time um, to read. I still don't necessarily just absolutely love to read. It's something that I somewhat make myself do. Um, I love to read small, short, concise articles on very interesting things, which is an incredibly <laughs> niche wide <laughs> variety of randomness um, that I read. So I do a lot of reading, but it's in small so snippets. Simeon is never short of interesting facts. <laughs> right. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a big book guy, but I, I do force myself to read books. Um, I'm currently slowly trudging through a massive book right now. Um, but the reading is important. And the fact that your kids see you reading is also important. Um, some of the statistics that I brought up in the last episode um, were about reading. Um, kids being significantly more likely to succeed if dad reads to them. Um, so we try to, I try to read to the kids at some point each day. That doesn't always happen, but I try to read to them something at some point each day. Um, right now we're working back through Little Pilgrim's, Little Pilgrim's Progress, which is just fantastic, um, rendition of Pilgrim's Progress for children. Although um, Knox is ready for it to be over so you can start Treasure Island. Yeah. So we're going to start <laughs> working through some classic type stuff, um, as well, but, um, reading is incredibly important to children, not just that you are reading, which is incredibly important as well, um, but reading to the children um, and then also encouraging them to read. Education, uh, man alive, you, you could literally toss the school day and just have your kids reading and they would do better than public education. Um, not that you should toss the school day, but you could and just have them read books and they would do so much better than 99% than of public education. Because that skill, the skill set of independent learning is all but lost. And reading is essential to that skill. I think that's why reading is so important. Because a love for reading shows that the heart and mind is desiring to always be growing. Um, again, modeling that for your children. Letting your children see you prioritize learning through books. Setting their ex the example for them. Um, and then reading also creates memories that will last a lifetime, not just for your children, but for you. And I could do a whole podcast on this, so I'm not going to get into it here. Um, but don't think that just reading aloud to your children 
is for little ones who cannot read. Moms, dads, either or. Read to your children no matter how old they are. If you have teenagers in the house, read aloud to them. Um, it, there are so many benefits. You can check out Read Aloud Revival. Um, the Read Aloud Family by Sarah McKenzie is a wonderful resource on this. Uh, but no one is too old to be read aloud to, which kind of springs us into don't just read to your children, dads, but Simeon and I read together. And we've, we've tried to do a book a quarter is something that we did last year. We're doing it again this year. You don't have to do that, but um, reading together, even if it's something as simple as reading a chapter of the scripture together or just reading something, um, sometimes it's difficult. I, I have a tendency to do this where you're reading and your eyes are moving left to right but you are not retaining information because your brain is just not there or you're thinking about something else. And the next thing you know, you're three pages through and you don't remember a single word that you've read. Um, so sometimes it's good to have someone else reading and you just sit there and listen. That's why audiobooks are so incredibly popular. Um, but there's something about an audiobook that's missing. There's not another person in the room with a physical book. Um, so that even that isn't quite as good as having a physical person reading in the room that you're in or reading something together. Um, it's, it's essential. There's a reason why classrooms, when I was growing up, we had time where students would take turns reading a paragraph out of our lesson book or something. There was always somebody had to read for everyone else because that auditory, I'm an auditory learner anyway, but auditory um, input helps you to retain information really well. Sometimes when I read my Bible in the mornings, I have the the Bible app read to me while I'm reading because I'm that just helps me to be able to retain information. But um, being read to, you never really grow out of that. And some of our best discussions and conversations have come out of things that we are reading together. Yeah, yeah. So the audiobook doesn't give you the same kind of uh, uh, togetherness that reading a book together will do. Um, all right, and then lastly... Uh, enjoy some family adventures together. We've made a habit out of every Monday. This is more Brittany's thing than mine. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed it, but I'm not an organized person. Um, but we've come up with this Monday's family day. I leave on Tuesday, so it works well for Monday to be pitted up against Tuesday. Um, we've just restructured our week based on your schedule. It's easier for us to take off Monday and then just make Saturday a, a normal school day or whatever day that we need to. Right. But for 90% of people, um, or more, it's probably going to be Saturday, uh, as your family mm -hmm. day. Um, if you just have the regular nine to five, kind of a, a Monday through Friday thing, but whatever day works into your schedule, you need to have some kind of day. I would recommend at least once a week, but if you cannot do that, you need to do something at least once a month and you need to make a big deal about it, that it is something that you as a family, you're going to do something that day. And even if, you know, rain or shine, you're going to do something. Plan both directions. Brittany's really good about this, but plan if it's going to rain. Maybe you plan to do something indoors, but plan to do something. Make an adventure. Make a big deal about it. Um, celebrate the fact that you're going to do something together. It's family day. You're doing it together. Um, and when you do that, you have the opportunity to do what I talked about in the episode yesterday, which is in everything that you're doing, you have an opportunity to teach them something about the Lord. You have an opportunity to point something out. If you're going to do an outdoor adventure, we usually do something outside. Um, you go out to the beach, you go to the park, you go to hike. We like to hike. Um, you go do something. But it gives you an opportunity to use nature, to use what's around you, 
um, to speak to spiritual things. Um, but again, if you're not reading your Bible, then you're going to have trouble doing that. So, um, but use every opportunity that you have, especially when the whole family is there, everybody's there to point things back to the Lord. And you get to have the opportunity to use those standing and sitting moments to teach them things about the Lord. Our family adventure days too, right now in this current season, um, we are able to give one day a week to that. But don't think that that means from sunup to sundown, we're out adventuring. Some weeks we've just been slammed with responsibilities. So family day, our family adventure day, looks like going to Costco in the rain, um, you know, sampling all the little taste testing things that they help with <laughs> snacks, uh, grabbing some ice cream and having a family movie night. Um, no, it just don't think that it has to be just some, this big grandiose, oh, we're going to spend all day at the seaside. Um, but, but the idea is whatever your schedule allows for, whatever season you're in, having a regular family time together and, and beyond, uh, you know, a family movie night every now and then we do enjoy that. But it, talking specifically about education and learning, um, creating family opportunities where you are out um, in, in nature, in creation, in the woods, um, at the museum, wherever it is that you are learning together collectively as a family unit. Um, mom, kids, dad being able to step into that and all being able to learn and enjoy something collectively together. All right, so that's all we've got for the uh, tips and tricks, and I'm sure some other people have some things that they're doing. We'd love to hear uh, from you what you're doing because we don't do everything perfectly. So um, uh, so I hope that all of this has been helpful to you guys. And um, again, Dad, you're super, super important um, to all of this. That's not to puff you up with pride, but it's to let you know that you have big responsibilities um, to your wife, to your kids, to the Lord first and foremost for uh, the direction of your family. And so that said, Dad, uh, be present, be active, and um, lead your home as as Christ would have you to lead it. Love your wife. And, um, you know, I could spend forever on that, but I won't. So that's it. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.